Hi, another day and more mystery podcast. I'm novelist Sherry Todd Bayshore. Albert Einstein was fascinated by dreams and actually studied time as a science. Do we go somewhere when we dream? And can dreams actually leave us clues to a mystery? Today is Dreamgate Grabbing Air, Chapter 2. I really need something that smooths me here. Teresa Glover flared her hands in a downward motion over her amply rounded middle as if she still had a defined waist. Phoebe was at a loss. She guessed that her customer in the corner dressing room was about her height, but at least 80 pounds heavier. Teresa Glover smiled at Phoebe over the top of her blue-framed readers. You're new here, aren't you? Well, yes and no. I worked part-time when I was still in high school, Teresa interrupted, not really interested. I was thinking something in a Spanx. Is Nora here today? I was sure she was going to order some. I'm sorry, Mrs. Glover. I thought you already knew because the store had been closed all summer. Phoebe swallowed. My Aunt Nora passed away in late June. My cousin Olivia and I only just reopened the store this morning in time for Labor Day weekend. Oh, dear. This time, Teresa Glover was at a loss, but for another reason. Now I'm sorry. She fumbled, buttoning her blouse. So you're in charge of the store? Phoebe nodded. Yes, my cousin Olivia and I. Aunt Nora left us this building with her business. We're still relearning all there is to know about foundation garments. That's lovely, dear. Mrs. Glover picked up her purse, interrupting Phoebe a second time. Call me when the Spanx arrives. Phoebe was relieved the older woman decided to go, though she dreaded her inevitable return. In the years since finishing high school, Phoebe had forgotten about the regular customers like Mrs. Glover. Aunt Nora had catered to dozens of women every week. She had patiently compressed into support undergarments that left them just on the brink of suffocation. Phoebe knew Olivia's temperament was better suited to retail lingerie than hers. Her cousin had been in the tiny office under the stairs all morning, ordering new inventory from suppliers. After only two months, Phoebe hated to admit it, but she already missed her job in Denver. She missed Denver. She missed her high-rise apartment in Denver. She missed the restaurants in Denver. After the reading of Aunt Nora's will, initially Phoebe thought that being on her own, her own boss, would allow her more freedom. However, this morning, as she tidied the dressing room after Mrs. Glover, she grasped the true reality. Every customer who came through that door was actually her boss. Two more customers entered the store from Sarah's Scissors, the hair salon next door. They headed straight for the round display rack of terry cotton robes. Phoebe was about to greet the two women when they heard a heavy thud above them. Sorry, minor renovations. At least, I think they're minor, she smiled. Two terry robes and another thump from the floor above later, and a nightgown, a scraping sound upstairs, and a bra fitting. The store's first morning with the nieces of the late Nora Jameson in charge was a modest success. Just before noon, Olivia emerged from the office. I'm cross-eyed and starving with a knot in my neck. Do you want to order a sandwich from the brown bag or take our chances with whatever is still in Aunt Nora's pantry? Aunt Nora's pantry. I happen to know that there are six cans of tuna that haven't reached their expiration date. There was the sound of something else dropped overhead. Ugh, I know they mean well, but I hope your dad and Colin are done soon. We'll feed them too. My dad likes tuna. Does Colin? Phoebe pursed her lips. 
pretty sure he does, but ask him. He's your boyfriend, Phoebe. Why don't you know? Olivia headed for the door to the inside stairs. I don't cook, remember? She laughed and then was distracted by an elderly man and his wife who came into the store. Olivia finished cutting and stacking six tuna sandwiches at precisely the same time that Colin Michaels finished sawing a two-foot by two-foot opening in a narrow section of the den's plaster. And she had finished pouring a glass of iced tea for everyone at precisely the same time her father's flashlight illuminated a dark and dusty shape in the narrow space behind the bookshelves. Greg Jameson and Colin Michaels both appeared in the dining room doorway just as Olivia set down a tray with lunch. She looked up with a smile that faded when she saw her father's expression. Dad, honey, is my sister's landline still connected? Colin and I both left our cell phones in his truck. We need to call the police. There's a skeleton in the den wall cavity. This ends Chapter 2. And hopefully, now you're really intrigued. We usually are when there's a body involved. Because Chapter 3 will be read in its entirety for tomorrow. Thank you again so much for listening. I really appreciate your time.